Hello and welcome to the Mississauga Life and Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Jaffrey. And today we're going to be going over a couple of things. We're going to be going over the latest numbers for the Toronto real estate market, uh, dabbling a little bit into the Mississauga market as well, just kind of give you a different perspective, a different point of view. Uh, we're going to be talking about a builder that's in trouble and has filed for credit protection, how that kind of affects the people who've kind of dealt with the builder and whether this is a bigger problem or not. And then finally, we'll kind of get kind of get into what the chief of Bank Canada, uh, Tiff Malcolm, has kind of uh, hinted towards uh, for the coming year in terms of, of the interest rate, whether it's going to go up or go down. Okay, so let's talk about the the real estate market. Let's talk about what happened in January uh, and take a look at the numbers for all of Toronto. So we know that what happened last year in the beginning of 2022 was unprecedented. We don't usually see increases of 15, 20% in a couple of months. Uh, so we're not uh, really going to be focusing on how much prices have shifted from that point. But let's take a look at what's happened in the last four months. Okay. So if we take a look at October to January 2023, uh, we see that the average price went from a million 89. Again, this is for all of Toronto homes from a million 89 to January. It's a million 30. So that's a drop of about 4% in average price in the last four months. Not significant. You know, it's been a percentage up, percentage down. Uh, but for the last four months, a snapshot tells us the price have come down just a little bit. Uh, compared to last year, obviously, around this time in January 2022, when the market was stupid crazy, uh, we were looking at an average price of one24 uh, which means that we're down 20% compared to January of 2022. Okay. Uh, in terms of sales, October sales were 4,900. I went to November at 4,500. December was 3,000. And then January was 3,100, which is kind of in line with seasonality, right? Uh, sales begin to kind of taper off when you're get, getting towards the holidays, towards December. People want to kind of settle down a bit, uh, celebrate Christmas and all that stuff. So, uh, naturally you'd expect sales to pick up in January. January, we were still about 3,000 sales, uh, for all of Toronto. So what happened, right? I mean, we're expecting a bit of an uptick. It didn't really happen. The interesting thing to note though is this new listings in October were at 10,000. In November, close to 9,000. In December, they went to 4,000, right? So they're tapering off. Makes sense. And then in January, there's a whopping 7,600 new listings uh, in the month of January. However, the sales were still the same as December. So we have the same amount of sales, but the double the amount of inventory in January. Now, what's going to happen is all these homes that didn't sell. So, right, we have 7,600 new listings in Toronto, and then out of those 3,000 sold, so you have a 4,000 surplus of homes. I should say 4,000 surplus, but you have 4,000 homes, new listings that are now going to get carried over to February. And I'm expecting February listings to be at an all-time high as well. Uh, because, I mean, this is just boots on the ground information. A lot of people that listed in the last quarter or maybe Q3 of 2023 didn't really get their prices they wanted. There was a massive number of new listings that came on the market. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess that around 20 to 30 percent of these listings that came on the market didn't get the price they were looking for, so they canceled. And now they're going to come back in 2023, starting January. They're going to come back in the spring summer market to get the price they were looking for. Uh, so 
you know, it's, uh, it, it's, this is what it is. Uh, I mean, in terms of the new listings that we had, uh, compared to last year of uh, 2022, it's the same. So around 7,900, uh, days on market is the noticeable shift as well, right? So days on market last year were around 13 days on market in January. Uh, this past January, we're at 29, more than double almost 30 days on the market uh, for homes that get that, that were selling. So days on the market is a very good indicator. Days on the market pretty much just means that if there were no more homes to come on the market today, it would take 29 days for all of the inventory to be sold. So this number here is important because this is telling us that we're not in any sort of crazy buyer's market at this point. I mean, we're definitely headed towards a more balanced market. Uh, but I would guesstimate that when you're at about 60 days on market, then you're probably looking at a buyer's market. Uh, but obviously, these things are a bit dynamic. They don't work as, as simple as that. But we'll, we'll see where the numbers change and what's happening in the market at that time, where the days on market uh, in a couple of months. But right now, that is the situation. Now, how does Mississauga Saga fare? Uh, compared to all of Toronto. Uh, in Mississauga, the October average price last year was at 987, 987,000. And in January, just a month ago, end of the month of January, we were looking at 920,000, which is a drop of about 7%. Again, uh, it's not crazy because it did go up at one point, then it came down. So you know, close to Toronto, Toronto was 4%. All of the GTA was 4%. Mississauga was at minus seven. The average price, again, compared to January of last year for Mississauga was 1.15, 2022, and 2023 was 920. So again, another 20% uh, drop in price. Uh, similar situation with the days on market as well with Mississauga. Now, the interesting thing to see, like I mentioned before, again, would be to see we had so many homes that came on the market in January and less than half of those sold. So now these homes are going to move on to February. If we continue having a lot of homes being listed, again, this is, you know, 2022 listings are coming back to the market. Uh, then we're potentially heading into a market. Where we're going to have a lot of listings more than we expected, more than usual, or more than we've been used to for the last couple of years. And uh, buyers are going to have a lot more selections. So we're going to have increased supply, whereas I, I feel like the demand is not going to change much from where it is right now because affordability. Because affordability is, is, is where it's at because of the interest rates. So interesting development. I just read this study on Twitter and then I looked into it. Uh, there's a company a builder in Vancouver called Coromandel Properties that has filed for credit protection. Okay, so I read this and then, you know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like fire around this, this tweet, like people are just expecting, you know, everything to crumble. But so what well, this is basically a builder that is in financial trouble and they have four projects on the go right now. They've completed two according to their website. So not a big fish by any means of the imagination. Uh, but that's, you know, it's something that you should be aware of. Maybe this hasn't happened in a long time. It's something to kind of, kind of just keep on your radar. Um, the sense that I get is that the bigger families, the ones that have been around for a long time, and, you know, in Toronto, we're talking about Mattamy, Green Park, Great Gulf Homes. These guys have 
enough money in the bank that they can kind of survive hard times with higher interest rates, et cetera. So they should be okay. The smaller builders, somebody like Cora Mandel, who doesn't have a lot of projects on the go, or somebody who's relatively new, may have a hard time keeping up with the high interest rates because a lot of these guys will build, um, you know, they take loans and then they buy they buy land to build on so on and so forth. So they're not able to kind of uh, navigate the, the, the tough high interest rate environment at the moment. Okay. What does this mean for somebody who purchased a property with Cora Mandel, uh, put a deposit in, and now, you know, they're filing for credit production? So in, in, at least in the GTA, in Toronto, what happens is when you do give a deposit for a property, right, it goes into the trust fund of a lawyer and it stays there until the project is complete. Once you get titled, you know, your payments forwarded on to the builder and so on and so forth. In this case, everyone's going to get their money back. So there's no fear there. Uh, it's just that, you know, the potential of kind of making money on your money as that's kind of gone, but you'll get your money back if you're working with a builder for a new construction condo. All right. Um, supply, you know, supply is going to be an issue. If this happens uh, more than a few times, you're looking at potentially like if one builder has like four projects on the go, uh, and, uh, you know, you're looking at maybe a thousand units and there's a few like that, I mean, then you're basically taking out 10 to 20,000 units, two to three years down the road, uh, out of the housing market. So is that going to affect the housing market? Absolutely. So, I mean, it, I get the sense that we're probably heading for 2024, 2026, another 2024, 2025, another sort of, um, housing crunch where we're going to have all these people coming into the country. But we, because we didn't build at, at, a, at a rate fast enough and we had builders who kind of went under the water or we had really low pre-construction sales at the end of 2022, uh, that we're going to have this problem again of low supply and high demand uh, in the next two to three years. So we're in 2023. So, well, not 2024, but yeah, 2025, 2026, we, we might be in a crunch again. Okay. Uh, that's for the market update. Let's round it off with uh, a little bit, uh, a bit of an excerpt from Tiff Macklem, the OG at uh, Bank of Canada. So there's a couple of statements that kind of really stood out in terms of uh, what they're planning on doing with the interest rate hikes. Okay, so I'll read these quotes. Okay, so in 2022, we faced an overheated economy and high inflation, and we responded forcefully, increasing our policy interest rate rapidly. The year, the year ahead will be different. In January, after eight consecutive interest rate hikes, we said that we expected to hold the policy rate at its current level, conditional on the outlook for inflation. We are pausing to assess how well our interest rate increases are working to bring inflation down. Second quote, the transmission mechanism takes time. Typically, we don't see the full effects of change in our overnight rate for 18 to 24 months. That's why policy needs to be forward-looking. In other words, we shouldn't keep raising rates until inflation is back to 2%. Instead, we need to pause rate hikes before we slow the economy and inflation too much. Last quote, if we, if sorry, if new data are broadly in line with our forecast and inflation comes down as predicted, then we won't need to raise rates further. Uh, I guess in essence, what they're saying is there are no more rate hikes anticipated unless there's a major um, surprise in the economy and in inflation, uh, you know, in different areas like that. 
All right. So that is it for your rather quick market update for the month of January. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, please uh, reach out to me. Give me a call, email me. You can always uh, post a comment in the comment section. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast.